All right, all right. Welcome into the Rep and Bone Cast. Uh, it is today. It is March twentieth. It's a beautiful day outside. It's been raining off and on all day. It's expected to rain a little bit more tomorrow here in Southern California. How you doing tonight, T Bone? Doing fantastic. It's about sixty degrees here in Chicago. We skipped winter, so it's officially spring. I heard that you guys got a bunch of snow though, so I don't know if you can really count that as skipping winter. No, we didn't get any snow. Fair enough. I'm not there. I can't really verify either <laughs> way. So let's go ahead and dive right in, uh, starting with who's number four, who's the most iconic, iconic number four. And we didn't really talk about who's going to go first, but I'm going to pass the ball right into your court. This is a sports podcast. So we're passing the ball into your court, like Pistol Pete Maravich over here. Who's the Love most it. iconic, iconic? When you think of number four, who do you think of T-Bone? little pick and roll action, sending it over. Um, so I had a couple of items uh, for number four on my list. Um, it being March Madness, Final Four was up there for me. I really wanted to take Final Four, but um, I decided to go with an iconic rock and roll album from Led Zeppelin. It's Led Zeppelin 4. Oh, okay. Some of their most recognizable tracks on there. I would I would argue to say Led Zeppelin's the greatest rock and roll band of all time. Um, but that album, Mwah. Stairway to Heaven, Black Dog, uh, When the Levy Breaks, classic classic songs front to back on that album. So I'm gonna take Led Zeppelin number four. Wow, that's a that's a strong pick. I like it. I like it. Um, I don't know if I would agree with it because obviously my pick is different. But I do like it. Um, I like Led Zeppelin. I don't. I couldn't say that I love Led Zeppelin. Um, yeah, I almost took Led Zeppelin three last week during our episode three for number three. Um, but since I was listening to so much De La Soul, I had to go three feet high and rising for them. Three is probably my favorite Led Zeppelin record. But for this week, I'm taking four. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of kind of a surprise. I didn't even think of Final Four. And it's a big surprise that you just didn't take Final Four. We're in March. I know, right? It's kind of fitting. So and it's I a little disappointing. To. I know. March Madness is my favorite time of the year for sports. I have to be honest. And not taking Final Four, it felt too obvious. You know, it was too obvious of a pick. Of course. Yeah, we don't, we don't <laughs> like obvious things. We like to beat around, not beat around the bush. We like to, what's the word here? What's the word? A beaten path. Go off the beaten path. Yeah. yeah. The, yeah. the road less traveled. The road less traveled. Um, <laughs> I like the pick. I like the pick. Um, I think I like their album three better. Yeah, three's uh, my favorite from them too. And I this agree. is back to back album picks for you. It is, and it's 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 veering off of my three picks in a row with um, D E starting. I started off with Derek Rose at Derek Jeter at De La Soul, all beginning with D E. So we're going. L-E-D, Led Zeppelin. So the, it does include a D and an E. So it if does. you're counting, uh, uh, if you're playing the Rev and Bone cast, yeah. uh, bingo at home, you can still count that one. <laughs> the official rules have come in. You are good on that one. All right. Um, is it time for my pick? Yeah. Who you got for your number four? I got a lot of honorable mentions, um, including uh, starting with uh, Ricky Carmichael. He's the he's the goat of, of motocross and supercross. Uh, number four um, throughout his career, pretty much. Uh, absolutely legendary battles with James Bubba Stewart and Chad Reed, uh, along with Jeremy McGrath, a previous mention on this show. 
Absolutely love Ricky Carmichael. He's uh, one of my favorites of all time. He's a current announcer for Supercross, and boy, does he struggle with the words. But um, let's uh, just chalk that up to a little CTE. There's nothing wrong with that. Just a little uh, CTE, no big deal. Uh, so I, when looking this up, I Googled who's the most iconic number four. I just Googled it, you know, because there's nothing that jumps off the page to me. And the first couple of results were some soccer uh, players, which that doesn't really count. We're in America. Um, <laughs> another another um, page I came across had the most iconic football players, number four. Uh, obviously, Brett Favre was number one. Um He's he's kind of tarnished his reputation, um, allegedly, with some of his actions down in Mississippi in the allegedly. previous uh, previous months. Um, so it, it's tough to say that he's the most iconic number four. Others on that list included Jim Harbaugh, Derek Carr, Dak Prescott, Ooh. and Tim Hasselbeck was number twelve on that list. If Tim Hasselbeck's kid. on your list, yeah. It's, if Tim Hasselbeck's on your list, you should Hasselbeck. not be making that list. Um, <laughs> yeah. So my four, my four, when I'm thinking about number four, I'm thinking about four. I'm thinking about getting a little crazy. I'm, I'm taking four loco, Ooh. The, the malt beverage nice. it did not get banned. I checked their frequently asked questions on their website, which contains a ton of information. Apparently people sure. ask a lot of questions about four loco. Um, it was never banned. They voluntarily removed caffeine. So good for them which made it legal to sell in America and in Canada. So they can, they can take it now. It drink, drink it responsibly, but for loco, I mean, look at these flavors on their website. We're talking, we're talking, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got to scroll down. I was going all over this page, but we got flavors, including sour grape. That one's pretty obvious. Red, mm -hmm. black, blaze, gold, fruit punch. Another pretty obvious one. Blaze. What's in blaze. Possibly the same same ingredients as hemp. Hemp is an <laughs> hemp is a, a flavor as well. Um, they got some wild flavors. I'm excited mm -hmm. to try them all out. Uh, check back in on the next episode where we try out all the flavors of Four Loco. Yeah, it's uh, gonna be crazy. Be check loco. out check out this question on their FAQs. What are you trying to get what? crazy with that? See, don't you know I'm loco? <laughs> what do you got? I on like there? that. So, what flavor is Four Loco Gold? And it says, Four Loco Gold is quickly becoming one of our most popular flavors. For more info, please visit our Four Loco Gold page. So they really just dodged the question there. They really, really want you to just, just try it. Just taste yeah. it. Yeah. Just give it a shot. You're going to love it. Gold, Four, baby, gold. One of my strongest, well, I have a couple of strong memories with, with uh, Four Loco, which kind of is a little ironic because most of the time it deletes the old memory. You know what I'm talking about? But, <laughs> right. Uh, we were driving for. back, me and my buddies were driving back from a casino in uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and we just bet one of my buddies, like, I guess we didn't really bet him, we just challenged him to chug down a Four loco, and he did, he immediately, his face was burning, he stood on the side of the highway and dry heaved for about half hour, <laughs> so great experience with Four loco. Um another time. <laughs> he lived to tell the tale, you know? <laughs> he sure did, shout out Steve. <laughs> And then, uh, mm, Steve. And then uh, the other experience was with uh, my buddy Cisco and Rig, who you're well aware of. Rig, he, uh, Cisco was chilling in the hot tub drinking a Four Loco in um, Bloomington, Indiana, the home of the Indiana Hoosiers. We were on a on a mountain biking trip, and uh, it was a great time. 
Um, and he just was chugging down a four loco. It was a great time. And uh, yeah, so a four loco, the most iconic number four. All right. So what do you think about that? Ooh, it's a good call. Have you Solid had a four call. loco? Solid pick. I've never had a four loco myself. We're about to change that. I was, I was, uh, I was one of the many that was scared by the rumors online that they had added well, things that. That's they're all unfounded. Too. They're all untrue. Right. Right. Drink a four loco. And did I just see on that that score bug behind you that the Bulls won tonight in two overtime against the Sixers? Bulls won in double overtime. This is not a very sports heavy show tonight. We only have one sports topic, but damn, that's pretty good. The Bulls are yep. on a hot streak right now. Yep. That's the first time they beat a Joel Embiid led 76ers team. They're now one in twelve. Not bad. Hey, and you they can't play get them to 12 again. Their next can't. game is against the 76ers at home. They got a home and away against Philly. So the play in uh, likelihood is still alive and breathing in Chicago for the Bulls. I don't love that, but um, I guess it's better than. Well, it's not better than much. Um, if they don't, yeah. they don't get a draft pick. They uh, they're going to lose some players this off season. But they can make a run. You never know. They can get hot. You never know. They're playing pretty well right now. Saying there's a chance. Just saying there's a chance. I am absolutely saying there's a chance. Um, <laughs> moving on here, T-Bone, what are you drinking? Well, not for Locos. Uh, you mentioned Milwaukee, Wisconsin earlier. So I'm representing a little tiny Milwaukee brewery. You may have heard of it. It's called the Miller, the Miller Brewery. So I got I got a nice ice cold Miller Light, you know. Wow, keeping it, it classic. You know I love that. It's like <laughs> yeah. you're pandering to me. <laughs> love Miller Lights. Uh, nice cold Miller Light on a hot summer day, or even a cool wintry yeah. night. Yeah, uh, they reached out. You know, they're trying to get they're trying to get their brand going. So they reached out and said, "Would you mind drinking our beer on your show?" trying to get some sales up you know so i said you know what i'll help the little guy out look i'll give miller light a chance this is actually the third time that a miller coors beverage has made its way onto beer of the week True. um with True. miller light being uh episode two beer of the week mm -hmm. for me and then coors light running it back the following week now miller mm -hmm. light makes another appearance on the show this is wow this is a great run for miller coors yeah yeah milwaukee's finest milwaukee <clears throat> Love that. Love that. What you got on your on your uh on your beer of the week this week? So I'm um currently drinking, I'm finishing up this uh Coors Light, but, All but I did pick up uh some local some local brews for uh later this episode. It is the Brewery X Dictionary Roulette Hazy IPA. Um shout out to my roulette boy Jacob. He's probably not listening, but he should. Um, because this is, uh, I'm really excited for it. Um, I like a good I IPA, uh, singular because multiple of them make my face break out and I get a little too drunk, but, oh, okay. um, we're just going to go with one of those tonight. I'm pretty excited about it. Should be a good time. Um, Love a good hazy. Love a good hazy. Brewery X. They're over in Anaheim. Um, very close to me over in, uh, like I just said, Anaheim and, Nice. Yeah, they make they make good be good beer. They have a really cool uh, brewery over there. Um, so yeah, nice. So we'll we'll keep an eye on your face as you drink that tonight. And make sure everything is good to go. It's going to be disgusting by the end of the show. 
But hey, it was disgusting at the start of the show. So hey, what, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? <laughs> All right, so that's our beer of the week this week. Um, T Bone is drinking. Terry is drinking uh, Coors Light. I'm drinking a Brewery X Roulette Hazy IPA. Um, it, they're both delicious. Both check them out at your local uh, local liquor stores. Be sure to check out also our website against the spread home blog. Um, and then check out our YouTube page. If you're on there now, uh, hit us with a like and subscribe if you like, and if you want to subscribe, hit us with that. Um, we're looking forward to growing this channel a little bit more, uh, diving in a little bit further here. We do have one sports topic this week. It is the NCAA tournament. It's kind of consumed all of our brains, consumed all of our times. Oh, What's yeah. going on with your bracket over there? T-bone. Oh yeah. Bracket is uh, minorly busted, not completely busted. We're still alive. Uh, we've got uh, some potential for, for points to make up in the later rounds, which I'm excited about. I uh, still have Houston winning it all. So they're alive. Got Alabama, got UCLA, my final four still, still alive and kicking. Picked uh, Memphis. They sputtered out the first round, but that's the one of my four that, that didn't make the final four. So uh, still got three alive. I'm feeling pretty good heading into the Sweet 16 next weekend. So, um, yeah, this is my favorite time of the year for sport for for sports in general. And, and when March Madness hits, I um, I just I love March Madness. I love the bracket. I love the tournament. I love everything about it. I love the Cinderella stories. Love the fact that you get games back to 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 back, and the action never ends until it does. And then I'm sad, but. Um, Bracket's still looking pretty decent. I'm 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 fairly fairly optimistic heading into the Sweet 16. So speaking of games that are back to back to back to back to back, um, <laughs> we currently are on a two day break from from the games until mm-hmm. what Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday, yeah, we'll resume until Thursday. Thursday. Yep. So we got the Sweet 16 coming in hot on Thursday. Who's the most surprising team to you so far? I think it's um, FAU. I think FAU is the biggest surprise for me. Obviously, they beat the, the Memphis Tigers, who I had going to the Final Four. So that surprised me that they not only beat Memphis in the first round, but then advanced uh, into the Sweet 16. Um, I think Princeton is clearly a surprise. Uh, they're a 15 seed. Uh, they faced off against Arizona, played them super tough, got the dub there in the first round took care of business against uh, Missouri and and actually won handily in the second round. So that was a big surprise too. Um, I think their run comes to an end this weekend against Creighton. I do like the Blue Jays to advance into the elite eight and play. I believe I want to say Alabama then, right? Yeah, I believe yeah. so. They would play Alabama if they win. So I like Creighton to end Princeton Cinderella run, but those are my two surprises for sure. I think Princeton is the obvious call, but FAU as well. It's a pretty good matchup that that Princeton is coming up on with Creighton. Um, they're not facing like a, a Kentucky or something like that, that, you know, a lower seed with very high caliber players. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they have a shot to keep it running. This is the third year in a row that a 15 seed has advanced to the Sweet 16. Yeah, um, wild, right? <laughs> pretty wild. Um, and of course, we can't we can't forget about Fairleigh Dickinson um, upsetting Purdue. Love that yeah. story. I, I didn't even see that as a huge surprise. I didn't think Purdue was built for a deep tournament run. Um, I wanted to pick them to lose in the first round, but it's hard to actually, when you're filling out the brackets, actually click on it and say, all right, yeah, the 16th seed is going to be the one seed. But if any one seed was going to lose, I thought it would be Purdue early. So 
good for Fairleigh Dickinson. You'd love to see a small program like that that come through and they join uh, UMBC as the only 16 seeds to win in the first round, which is pretty cool. The Retrievers, they lost in the second round as well, correct? They did to FAU. Yeah. The aforementioned FAU. Wow, that's uh, serendipitous, as I as I like to say. Serendipitous. Um, FAU, they um, they played Fairleigh Dickinson. Um, they played them really close. Mm-hmm. Uh, that could have gone either way. They pulled away a little bit at the end. Fun game. Um, they kind of went from like, oh, who is this team? To like, oh, everyone in America hates this team very quickly. Um, just, you know, by playing the underdog. So I... I am rooting for them going forward. Uh, again, I like Princeton going forward um, just because I love the underdogs. But uh, my final four, I still have two teams left, Texas and Texas and Alabama. Um, yeah, that that's not great. Uh, TCU lost last night to Gonzaga. Um, uh, and then Duke lost to Tennessee in a game where they just completely bullied Duke. Um, I had Duke going pretty far, going to the final four in this tournament, but I'm never sad to see Duke lose. Yeah. Same here. And yet last night was a night that I was able to pick up some ground in the against the spread group on the ESPN tournament challenge, which is pretty cool. Um, next year for all you watching, for all you listening, definitely check our group out, join our group next, next year, because it is some fierce competition and right now, I find myself on top for the projected points, which I'm happy about, happy to see. I was trailing going into the um, second day of the tournament, but made up some ground last night. And I'm looking forward to see how it all, all pans out because we got some stakes. We got some stakes on the line. We do have some literal, literal stakes on the line. Literal stakes. <laughs> I, I really liked it when I won. I don't know what I won. I think it was the bracket contest last year. You sent me last some- year, yeah some t-bone steaks that was a very nice touch yeah (laughs) shout out to our sponsor omaha steaks for this tournament uh (laughs) tournament prize uh we love having them on uh really happy to have them back this year uh two numbers one seeds have gone down obviously we talked about purdue and then Mm -hmm. kansas went down so that was a bit of a surprise yeah i didn't see kansas losing that early i had them uh bowing out this weekend um I believe I had them losing to UConn, but they won't even get a chance to face them. They they lost to Arkansas, which is kind of a fun matchup. Arkansas, Arkansas versus Kansas, Kansas, Arkansas. Um, so they'll 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 play this weekend. I, I like UConn to beat Arkansas in advance uh, to play UCLA, and UCLA ultimately going to the Final Four. I personally really love uh, Eric Musselman, the coach from uh, Arkansas. Um, he's a very fun dude. He just, he knows how to connect with college dudes. Like yeah. he's kind of an awkward white dude, but he knows that like his lane is just being like goofy and himself. Yeah. And he's I have to respect guy. that. Yeah, Absolutely. Sure. Um, look, look up some of his recruiting photos. Uh, they're very funny where he recreates some iconic basketball moments with, with some of his recruits. Um, they're very good. I'll splice one of those into the video here. So nice. I really, I'm really rooting for Arkansas to to make a deep run just just so I can see a little bit more of Musselman's antics there. Yeah, so, I believe I believe Arkansas the last run was in the early 90s when they won uh they won they won it all under Nolan Richardson. Shout out Scotty Thurman and Corliss Williamson if you guys who remember could the forget. Who could forget that run that they made uh what's it was it 92 something like that? 93 94 in that in that range. 
but uh, it's nice to see a, a program like that get back into into comp- into a competitive competitive game deep into into March. Absolutely, and Fayetteville, Arkansas, is a beautiful town. I've been uh, been to Bentonville, Rogers, Fayetteville area many times. Um, big mountain biker, and they have a great mountain biking scene down there. Uh, broke my collarbone in Bentonville. Spent Ooh. some time in their hospital. Uh, beautiful broke my hospital. Collarbone in Bentonville. It's their country music debut, wasn't it? Yeah, it sure was. Own um, in Bentonville. <laughs> it was uh, it was a really nice time with my buddy Cisco, uh, the aforementioned Cisco, the four loco Cisco. Um, it, it was a it was four a good time. Cisco. <laughs> we had some uh, had some good times down there. Uh, broke my collarbone. We got some uh, barbecue on the way back. Well, I was very very high on pain pills. Uh, mm. Slept the in, almost the entire way back. It was, it was a good trip. Good trip. Nice, nice. So. Do we round out the ter- the bracket there? Do we go? Because we both have Alabama. I believe you have Texas, and I have Houston in the top part of that bracket there, up up uh, in the Midwest. You still you still feel good about Texas coming out of that? Region? I feel great about Texas. Um, they shed Shaka Smart a couple of years ago. They got Chris mm-hmm. Beard. Chris mm-hmm. Beard really led them on a, a solid start to the season um, mm-hmm. before beating up his wife allegedly. Uh, cleared of cleared of charges so i'm not going to comment on that um and uh, one thing one thing i like about the sweet 16 right now is we don't have a single region with a one two three four i think that's always pretty cool when you go through a region and and you don't have a single a single one two three four remaining in that region you got a one two three five which is the closest thing up in the midwest but um Miami beating my uh, Indiana last night to to become the five seed to advance, but that's that's always pretty cool. And that's the that's the thing about the tournament is that, yeah, the the seeds come out, but you, know, you got to play the games to see who advances. And to not have one, two, three, four represented in the Sweet Sixteen at all, kind of cool. No, I really like that. Um, the past Madness. couple of years, I feel like has been kind of chalky a little bit, and I feel like this is a return to form for the tournament to mm-hmm. really get a little wild. And yeah, a lot of the. You know, you think about the the four thirteen, five twelve seeds, uh, those games, they're always, oh, there's an upset, there's an upset. Yeah. But I feel like this year, those teams, the fours and the fives winning, that's kind of an upset in and of itself for those teams to win mm-hmm. in advance. So yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Um, we'll see what happens this coming coming Thursday. Yeah. Thursday, Long Friday. The madness. Yeah, it, it's it's really good stuff all around. Uh, I'm really happy with it. Same, hundred <laughs> percent. All right, before we move on, we're gonna plug a little preview here. Uh, later this week, we're gonna come out with a full-on MLB preview show where we talk about all the baseball uh, coming up this year. I'm really excited about that. Uh, it's gonna be a very good good season for baseball, especially here in Southern California. We got three teams that um, the Dodgers are going to be good. They, they spend a boatload of money, but not nearly as much of a boatload of money as the San Diego Padres. Uh, they're a very fun team. They're going to be extremely fun this year with all their players coming back, all the players that they've signed. And then yeah, my Padres local just printing money down in, in San Diego. Where are they getting all that money from? They got their own mint. Apparently they're just printing money and signing players. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's like, it's like they just don't care about money. No regard. Because, Hey, winning will get the money back. It's it's a a big right. bet. It's a big bet, but I think it's gonna work. 
I, I like I like your squad a lot. I I am uh, I mentioned March Madness being my favorite time of sports year. Opening day baseball is is right up there with with some of my favorite times of the year for sports. And I am super looking forward to the show where we where we give all of the details on the upcoming season. Talk about players who have you know moved moved locations, who's where, division division um, predictions. Outstanding, you know, awards, predictions, MVP, Cy Young, et cetera. So we'll have all those details uh, coming up later this week on, on that episode. So I'm, I'm stoked. So showing, obviously, tonight that we've got a few more tricks in the bag other than sports. Uh, we'll, we'll dive fully into, into Major League Baseball for all you baseball heads uh, later this week. Hey, that's how it goes sometimes. You know, right now is not the not the biggest time of the year for overall sports. you got the World Baseball right. Classic going on that we're not – entirely covering um usa is in the finals that's a good thing they are usa japan. japan is otani playing otani is playing he's been playing yeah he's been playing well cool that's that shows how much i've been watching that he's a Not superstar much. man yeah he, he's a superstar yeah he's a local boy he's down here in uh anaheim it's about mm-hmm. uh, a stone's throw away from me um i can see the a when i go out on the 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 main street right over here by my house. Um, if nice. I had a baseball in my hand, I could probably throw it to Angel Stadium. You could um, definitely throw it there. That's more of a measure of my arm strength than It'll its proximity. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah, Angel Stadium right up the street. I love going to watch Otani and Mike Trout. Uh, they got a good squad. Um, yeah, Mike Trout have a lot of depth. So Mike Trout deserves a playoff run. You know, he's a generational talent, and you hate to see a guy that good never get into the playoffs. So I, I I'm rooting for him. I'd love this. I'd love to watch him play in the playoffs because uh, I, he's not been there his career and he deserves, he deserves better. So, well, I think you're getting a, a little taste of that with the world baseball classic. Mm-hmm. I think he's getting his playoff experience and now he's going to go back down to Anaheim and he's going to hang out here with, with me and my friends yep. and uh, they're going to win 60 games and it's going to be a good time. 60 games. Yikes. <laughs> that means they're losing a hundred all right we'll save all the baseball chatter though and predictions for next week let's dive into what do we have matt uh march madness uh leading into up next on the docket we got succession talk with the roy family checking in for the fourth and final season successions on hbo hbo max hbo go uh, feel free to use my login if you'd like. I'll share the password with you. Just hit me up. Uh, I'm thinking about canceling soon, so maybe get your own uh, password for that. But I'll probably wait it out for the re- for the end of the succession season. Uh, episode wait, so one. So you're not you're not the Kevin on our HBO login right now. There's a different Kevin out there losing ours. Are you serious? Yeah. I thought <laughs> yeah, it was you. No, that's <laughs> actually it. Might be I might have been logged into yours at one point, um, but no, I got my own. Uh, a few of my friends use it. Um, a few of my, uh, I don't think you should be saying that on, on the internet. You don't want to get, no, no, no. Uh, Netflix is the one that's not chill with that. The FBI knocking on your door. Oh yeah. Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. HBO is like, dude, do what you want to do. I don't care. As long as people are watching our shows, we don't care about making money here. Yeah. I'm cool, man. We've been around forever. I'm HBO. Yeah, man, you want to smoke some weed? It's cool, yeah, man. Where you whatever, go? Do whatever you want. <laughs> do what you want to do, man. Share your best life. I don't care. Live your best smoke life. Smoke some man. drugs. <laughs> we got entertainment. Just hang out. You want to drink and drive? <laughs> I don't care, man. Where are you? Just don't get caught. 
HBO is really cool. Uh, yeah. Shout out to HBO for being uh, the cool stepdad uh, <laughs> yeah. in the streaming world. Um, so we got we got Succession coming back uh, in one week from. Wait, I thought it was the twenty seventh, so it must be the twenty sixth. So it's coming back this coming Sunday, uh, filling that eight p.m. Eastern time slot, possibly eight p.m. everywhere. Now that I think about it, because I think it doesn't matter. Uh, it's coming out Sunday night, and yeah, time is a flat circle. It doesn't. Time is irrelevant. What a wonderful callback to another HBO show, True right? Detective, like season one. Yep. Love that. Like wow. That. See, we're getting pretty good at this. <laughs> what What do you think is going on in this season of Succession? Man, it's um, at this point, it, it feels like it's anybody's guess. Um, I'm going to go ahead and assume that anybody watching has watched season three is, is up to date. So with the last episode and seeing the moves that Tommy Wamscams have gone out and done. I, I, I got to say, he's the front runner right now. He's a timid snake in the grass, but you can't you not see that coming. You you can't think that this is the final season. You can't think that he's going to come out on top, right? It's got to be saying he's out. He's in the he's in the lead right now. If there's a if there's a front runner, he is it. Okay, the other, so the actual blood uh, children have all kind of shot themselves in the foot in one way or another, and all the while that's been happening, Tommy Boy's just been behind the scenes, Getting hanging cuffed. out. Going to expensive clubs and spending the money and 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 his wife telling right him he things. doesn't love him, right? Doesn't matter to him. He's got a he's got a plan and he's kind of sticking to that plan. And I did not see it coming, but he's 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 put himself right there to, to take over. So okay, so a couple points on that that I don't have written up, written down. So I'm going to shoot from the hip here. Um, in the the preview for this com- upcoming season, Logan pulls him aside or they pull each other aside and they're like, Hey, we're good. Right. Like, you know, I'm kind of the front runner here. And Logan's like, yeah, man, if we're good, we're good. So that kind of shows me like, okay, this is not, this is not built to last here. Like Wom's gams is not, he didn't cement his place. He kind of threw some gravel down and like, he's, he's going down a gravel road. It's not, you know, uh, you know, I 90 going throughout the, throughout the country. Um, I think that this last season really ended with Kendall and the rest of the siblings, you know, um, Roman and Shiv and what's the oldest one's name? Who cares? He's irrelevant. I don't think he's in this group at all. He's just doing his own thing. He's there for comedic relief. I think he's from a different mom, isn't he? He is. Yeah. Yeah. So he's kind of like the outcast almost, you know? Is but he still running, running, running for president? TV or movies is that you can't count the outcast out because somehow there's always that plot twist and he comes back in a ven- with a vengeance of some sort. So, which is exactly, it's exactly what happened at the end of season three. So Tom right. came out on top. I feel like I really wish I remembered his name. What's his name? Who? The the oldest. The guy from Ferris Bueller. Yes, I don't know his name either because he's so he's just like kind of whiny and just annoying. So like he's going to come out on top. <laughs> I think it's going to be the dark horse. Yeah, just because the viewer's not expecting it at all, right? We're not we're, right. We're not, so 
he's barely he's barely got his hat in the in the in the race. So right. We can't we can't go into the season expecting things are going to stay exactly the same. So we can't expect that Tom is going to start the season on top and the season on top. Continue. Yeah, he's not going to keep going up. His star keeps shining up. And all the Roy kids are just going to end end season three kind of on the bottom, kind of screwed out of their own company. And then end season four, the final season, with them on the bottom, screwed out of their company. That doesn't... You want to hear my take on it all? I would like to hear your take on it all. I think that there's going to be one winner of it all, obviously. And it's going to be Logan Roy. There yeah, will be no to... succession. He's keeping it. He's keeping it until he dies and he puts it in his will to sell it to Sandy and Sandy, that weird yeah. father-daughter combo that have the Maybe. same name. Maybe. Not the kids, though. I don't think the kids are getting a piece of that pie. No. No way. Would this be a good time to splice in that video of Logan Roy and all the all the kids asking for some of his uh, M and M's, and him just telling them all the fuck off? <laughs> yeah, it's that yeah. one dude doing all the impressions. Yeah. I'll splice that in right there. I don't want any of your candy, Dad. Not even my M and M's. Wait, is this real? Hold out your hand. Fuck you! Fuck off! God damn it! Um, I I don't. Yeah, I'm I'm really confused about where they go from this season because I feel like they're all in a box right now, and I don't feel like they're going to just stay in that box in a linear box for the rest of the season. Uh, mm-hmm. Dark Horse, real Dark Horse, fan favorite. You can't you can't make a Tomlet without cracking a few Gregs. What's going on with Greg? Yeah, they keep writing Greg into scenes, and he seemed like, uh, you know, kind of a long shot, distant relative, sort of goofy character. But him and Tom, their relationship, I think that there was a lot of foreshadowing early on in the series. And I think that's going to come back in, in play in season four, and Greg makes a significant um, contribution to the season. So, how many I love times? Greg. I love How Greg. many times do you think that Tom and Greg smooch this season? I would set the over under at seven. That's pretty high. I was going to say 0.5. I think it's high. I'm taking the over. I think oh. they smooch. I'm taking the over at, on seven. So it's that, a lot of smooching between those two. <laughs> they just become a full on relationship. Yeah. The show, the show shifts from a drama to a, a rom com. Which, a buddy, a buddy comedy. I believe there is a like a a romantic comedy type of trailer on YouTube as well, which I can splice oh. in a little cut of that and throw Perfect. a link down in the description of Perfect. of that one as well, where it, Tom Perfect. and uh, Greg are intertwined in this romance. Which we're all trying to do the right thing. Of course, we are. We have a bond. <laughs> Greg, I'm having the time of my life. It may be going on, and we just not we're just not seeing it. But I'm personally yeah, really think, excited for this season. Absolutely. Um, Which I want to point out that a couple of weeks ago you mentioned you weren't into the fantasy uh, genre of show or movie, but Succession is kind of the ultimate fantasy of just being ultra rich. 
and living your best life through that. So is it a fantasy? No, man, that's real life. That's what I'm <laughs> rising and grinding for every single day. Yeah. Getting okay. out of bed at 4am and working out. So I All can right. someday live that succession lifestyle. Give that All to right. my kids. All right. Love it. Shout out my cat right here. Hey, <laughs> she's, what's up, cat? She's going to be getting this inheritance. Nice. Just because I'm grinding every single day. <laughs> nice. Grinding. So from succession, we go into a topic that we've covered a few times. It's bird of the week. Oh, yeah. Let's go. There's a bird. So it's my turn to go first this week. Beautiful. Uh, it's my my turn to go first, and uh, I got a pick that I don't think anybody's expecting. Uh-oh. My bird of the week, you know, I was thinking, I was thinking, maybe, okay, okay, let's get cute with it. Let's. How about the Florida Atlantic Owls? How about them? The, the Owls, we got to love them. They had Lane Kiffin for a little bit. They had Howard Schellenbrecher, Schellenberger, Mm -hmm. whatever his name was. He went there from Miami. He resurrected their football program. Not even resurrected. He built their football program. The Florida Atlantic Owls, maybe them. But no, we're going to take a different bird this week. We're going with the Kingfisher. So the Kingfisher is a a bird that, that lives all over the world. But it does travel down here to Southern California in the colder months up north. Uh, it's a bird that I came across a couple of weeks ago when I was down at the Bolsa Chica Reserve. It's a beautiful bird. It's got really bright blue feathers. And what it does is it flies up on top of trees. First of all, backtrack a little bit. It nests underground or in little holes in the trees. So it, it's a dirty bird. You know, it, it lives underground. It's oh, pretty crazy. Bird. Shout out Jamal Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> Falcon. Dirty bird. He's a dirty bird. Uh, so he flies up to the top of the tree. He looks around in the water and then he just nosedives down in the water and uh, impales little minnows. He'll eat 15 to 16 minnows a day just by dive bombing straight into them. Uh, the kingfisher. Awesome. Awesome Incredible. bird. Incredible. And that's like embedded in their DNA just to do that. I, I just always find that fascinating, the things that are just built into animals' DNA. Like that bird is born knowing that it is made to nosedive into bodies of water and impale minnows to live. Yes. Like uh, they are monogamous. They do raise the chicks uh, between the two mates. And do they like bring it up into the tree and then like show it like, all right, we're going to dive down. I don't think so. I think it's a matter of like the little, little chicks, they uh, sit on the sidelines and they're like, oh, wait, hold on. What is, what's mom and dad doing up there? All right. That's my life. Yeah. This is what I'm built for. Yes. (laughs) Uh, So the Kingfisher absolutely love that bird. I saw one in real life and it is magnificent, huge beak on it, beautiful blue feathers. Uh, check it out at your local Bolsa Chica Reserve in Huntington Beach, California. Your local Bolsa Chica Reserve. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Kingfisher. <laughs> what do you got, T Bone? What's your bird? Well, you of the got week? the local. You got the local bird there. The king. The Kingfisher that you can find. What's local Boca Vista Reserve? Bolsa Chica. Bolsa Chica Reserve. Local there. I've got a local bird to Illinois. Specifically, Lake Forest, Illinois. 
it's a bird that um, actually uh, kind of a, a virtuoso in violin since age four. Graduated from Northwestern University, just a little south of, or I'm sorry, a little east of where they were raised in Lake Forest. Hold on. A, You're telling me a bird yep. graduated from Northwestern? Yep. With, graduated from Northwestern in violin, violin performance to boot. So got a violin playing virtuoso bird here. Um Got their start in a little band called the Squirrel Nut Zippers back in the day. You remember that song that went, In the Afterlife, you will be a It was kind of a swingy, jazzy tune. Should I say yes to this? If you want. If you haven't heard of it, it's fine. But it was a, it was like a semi-popular song in the, the alternative world. But they went on to solo fame, put out, I would say, I'd probably say at least 20 albums by now. Um Possibly the best whistler alive. Whoa, is that's it Florida? That's saying a lot for a bird. And this bird is Andrew Bird. I'm pausing for the applause that I'm going to cut yeah. in there. <laughs> I just dropped the mic. Two mics. Is he from <laughs> Illinois? I didn't know that. Yeah, he's from uh, Lake Forest up up north, north north yeah, shore. Yeah, wow, look at that. I was yeah. every time I'm thinking about bird of the week i'm like well maybe andrew bird but i don't really like andrew bird so i'm glad that you swooped in and took him i swooped nice bird reference thank you so the feather in your cap there because that means that we're both kind of on the same wavelength when it comes to the bird of the week that we're both pondering at least the possibilities of bird of the week yeah i mean it could be as wild as you want to take it it doesn't really matter to me yeah. Uh, I picked a real bird. You picked a real bird in your first one. Uh, mm -hmm. And then we kind of went all over the place. I picked hoot's wings at one point. Um, so tell me a little bit more about Andrew Bird. Um, did you know he was in season four of Fargo? No. Did I even watch? Was that the one with Chris Rock? Yeah, it was the most recent one. I think it was the last one they, they're going to do. But they wrote, they actually wrote a, a character specifically for Andrew Bird by the name of Thurman Smutney. There's a there's a new show on Peacock called Thurman Smutley. Mm -mm. No, nope. <laughs> nope. It's uh, it's got like a Lady Gaga type name. Let me look it up. Poker Face. Oh, it's called Poker Face. I just remember. Is it that. with uh, what's her face? Um, I don't know her the name. Redhead, the redhead girl. She's got like a really raspy voice. I love. I really love her. I I, I can't even name right now. That's so bad. She was married to Fred Armisen. Probably. No, she was. But what was her name? Okay, you look that up. My Natasha Leone. No, Natasha Leone. Okay, well, can I get to my point now? Can I talk? Well, you have to figure out the girl's name in the show first. Anyway, yes. Show a little respect. <laughs> uh, they had they had a guy on there. Uh, they wrote in a part for oh. the singer of the Mountain Goats. Oh, yeah? You ever listen to that? Nope. What? Really? Never heard of them. The Mountain Goats? Never heard of them. Are you making this up? No, he's a singer. He, uh... To test me to see if I would say, oh, yeah, I've totally heard of the Mountain Goats. You're like, oh, I made him up, you idiot. <laughs> Buddy, you're, you're killing our street cred right now. Nobody's going to respect us if you don't know the Mountain Goats. I, I never heard of the Mountain Goats. I don't think they have any hit songs, but they're a very like indie, if you know, you know type of band. 
Ah. Ah. It's not going to hurt a street cred. We're good. Which is a great segue. Mountain Goats and Andrew Bird flying into Music Talk. All right, but before we dive into the music segment, let's talk uh, first about our website, uh, against the spread.blog. No, against the spread.home.blog. Again, we're going to move to the dot-com industry here soon, but but do be sure to check out our website. I just posted a sicko blog about the last week's Supercross uh, that happened this past Saturday night. Absolute heartbreaker for Aaron Plessinger. Cannot believe what happened there. He was leading the full 20 laps. Uh, it's 20 laps plus or 20, 20 minutes plus one lap. And he ended up going down with a lap and a half to go. It was going to be his first win of his career. Um, he was five seconds ahead of everybody else and he ended up going down. So absolute heartbreaker. Be sure to check out our blog against the spread dot home dot blog. There it is. And um, yeah, check that blog out. T-Bone's got a couple blogs in the works. What do you got in the works? Um, I've, I have definitely have my um, albums of the month coming later on this month. It'll be the last day of the month. That's where I listen to every single album that comes out this month. Uh, my quest to listen to every album of the year is still in full effect. I am approaching 200 albums listened to in 2023. So we're on pace for a good, uh, what? 800 or so thousand albums listened to this month so i'll definitely have that up later this month for albums of march um will's got a march madness piece up we'll have some baseball analysis up as soon as the opening day kicks off we'll dive into nba playoffs once those are get underway um we'll talk nfl offseason we got all kinds of stuff so if you like what you hear on the podcast we go even further in depth on the blog Absolutely. Uh, NBA playoffs, the most exciting time of the year per Will, our uh, fellow blogger there. Excited to hear him defend that take. Um, he is yeah. coming on the podcast soon. Uh, he was going to come on to this episode, but some things came up. But uh, he's going to be coming on soon to talk about some NBA, some uh, NCAA basketball, and most importantly, his Pittsburgh Steelers with the AFC North. We're going to talk about that a little bit, see where those teams are kind of falling into place. Uh, I hope yeah. he's treating our boy Mitch Trubisky well over there in Pittsburgh. Yeah, we talked uh, we talked NFC North in episode one, I want to say, and um, we'll eventually get to every division as we head into the next season of football. Will definitely has some great takes on on the AFC North. Is that that's his his team is in that division, so we'll we'll have um, each division broken down for you as we move through episodes. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's a, a, the off season is a very fluid time. So there's a lot of teams to go through and uh, we're working our way through, but uh, we really wanted to bring Will on. And so we're waiting on him to uh, hop on here. We're really excited for that. Uh, I personally, and you personally have never talked to him out loud before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. I don't know what he looks like. I don't know what he sounds like, but just strictly communicating via text. So yeah, well, it'd be exciting for not only the viewers to have mom, but for, for us as well, for sure. Yeah. He's got some long hair, I think. Um, Sweet. He's got some kids at home, so you can relate to that. Maybe you guys can talk about that a little bit, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, into, uh, into the music topic we go, Uh, you talked about uh, some of the albums that you've liked this, or you've talked about the number of albums that you've listened Mm -hmm. to this month. 
what's mm-hmm. um what's sticking out to you and what are you excited about coming up? Cause I got a few that are on my docket that this Friday is a very big Friday for me. The, the 24th, we got, uh, we got Lana Del Rey, we got August Burns Red and we got fallout boy, uh, your, fallout boy. your Chicago boys. Um, but I'll let you go first. Yeah. Um, before I get into what I'm excited about, that's upcoming. Um, I've, I've really gotten into a, a good amount of albums already this month. And I mentioned last week, the Kali Uchis album, and that's still my front runner album of the month. The album is fantastic. I've revisited it now a couple of times and it's, it's, it's outstanding. Um, Lil Pump. Have you ever listened to Lil Pump? Yeah. Uh, Gucci, Gucci gang. gang. Gucci gang. Gucci gang. Gucci <laughs> yeah, gang. of course. Yeah. I really enjoyed that part of my life. Man, absolutely. He's got a new one out that came out this past week, and it is full of heaters. Um, I had it on 11 on my first listen through. It is it is solid. Remember um, a song, D-Rose? Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Chicago favorite right there. So he put out a new one. It is, it's solid, man. I, I really enjoyed it. It's a, it's a, good, it's a good one for, for driving around with the windows down, sunroof open um blasted to your maximum capacity there is it better um, than harvard dropout with an e harvard dropout uh, what that was the harvard one that was that one was the one right after his big one it was right after, a purple okay. cover with him like sitting in a, a okay, graduation so I skipped that one i did the first one and then skipped that one and then got to the new one so I you shouldn't that. skip that one that one's fun i have to get back to it now yeah, uh, M83 album is great. Uh, if you listen to M83 in the past, you kind of know what they're sound like. They don't veer much from what, what made them successful. Um, they do what they do and they do it, they do it really, really well. So that album I recommend right now as well. And I came across something interesting when we were talking about Manchester Orchestra a couple weeks back. I, the whole time we were talking about them, I thought we were talking about, talking about unknown, unknown moral, moral orchestra. orchestra. <laughs> and you were, hold on. Were you talking about, okay, so every single time I would put on a playlist from Spotify, they every would throw song. the song Honeybee on there. And uh-huh. it's like, okay, this is a good song, but come on, Spotify. There's other songs out there. Every yeah. single time they would put that song <laughs> on there. They came out with a new album, Five, or uh-huh. V, if yeah. you will. What did yep. you think of that one? I thought it was really, really good. It's a good listen. Um, easy listening, electro, just kind of poppy, but not popular music. Um, I enjoyed that one a lot, to be honest with you. Um, there was one I'm trying to pull up right now that I just discovered. Well, not discovered, but came across. I wasn't aware of. Um, so I'm going to pull up the name of it right now. Well, I got to delete it from my list, but. Um, oh, that's a that's a shame. That is a shame. Dang it. Um, I think Unknown Mortal, Mortal Orchestra has come up with uh, some really fun sounds over the years. I don't care for any of their albums in full, but anytime one of their songs does come on, including Honeybee. Honeybee is a great song. Uh, it's a very kind of like, understated good. kind of song. Uh, but they got uh, their song American Guilt. Very fun song. Um, none of their other songs are coming to mind at the moment, but... That being said, I do really enjoy what they came out with in the past. And this new album is kind of more of the same, which isn't a negative. 
I think that I, I really enjoyed what I listened to. It, nothing was just like, I hate the song. Let's skip it. Which is, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I I'm found- a tough, tough person to please as far as new albums come out. So, mm-hmm. um, that album I enjoyed and it's probably going to work its way into the rotation at some point. For sure. And uh, I found the one I was thinking of and I was looking for, it's uh, Constant Smiles. And we mentioned M83. It gives kind of M83 vibes, but it tells the story of, uh, of Kenneth Anger, the filmmaker uh, from back in the day. And um, the album's fantastic. It's my, it's my, my best discovery that I, I hadn't heard of prior to this, this year. Uh, album so that that one i definitely recommend constant smiles kenneth anger um really really good stuff um most fun album though that i've come across is t-pain on top of the covers he's singing the hits he's covering everyone from sam cook to journey to sam smith to chris stapleton to black sabbath and it is it is just a an absolute treat <laughs> yeah t-pain is one of those guys that like he came up with auto-tune everyone thought oh he's just auto-tune mm-hmm. he's not any good but it's one of those things where auto-tune is is more of an instrument to him than yeah uh or like yeah, a the same way effect. for like I mean, yachty and, and kanye on, eight, on 808s and heartbreak like that's it is an instrument they've, they've decided to use that not well, i would even I would even say it's more like um, like using a distortion pedal or a delay mm-hmm. pedal on the guitar. Yeah, like, absolutely. It's, I'm going to make this sonically pleasing using my voice as the instrument. Right. Totally. And totally. Yeah, I, 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 he has an amazing singing voice outside of auto tune, and yeah. uh, it, that's finally really being discovered. Uh, did you listen to it? Sure, haven't. Oh, I thought you did. But, I, he does. He does not use the auto tune on the covers, which is kind of cool. It's like okay, T Pain, all this time you've been using the auto tune, but you've been hiding this beautiful voice that you have. Like, <laughs> what do you wonder what his real name is? What's his real name? Do you know? Um, Terrence Payne. I was gonna say, is it Terrence? That's no, your know. name. Yeah, I don't know if that's his name or not. Let's see. T Pain, real name. Fahim Rashad Najam. That's not Terrence Payne at all. Nope, I made that up. Interesting. Fahim Rashad Najam. Well, big old shout out to Fahim Shahad Najam. Rashad Najam. Rashad Najam for his newest album. Uh, Over the covers? On top of the covers. On top of the covers. He's on Close top enough. Of it's on top of covers. Um, really cool stuff. Uh, be yeah, sure to check fun. that one out. Uh, Album cover alone will 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 make it worth the click on Spotify. <laughs> I'm gonna staple that one in there. Nice. What else is popping out at you uh, this week? Um, this week, uh, so the 24th is that what we're talking about coming up on the 24th. I am looking forward to the Depeche Mode album, definitely. Um, yeah. So one of their guys died. Yes. And they're dedicating it to him. Memento Mori, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's a, that, that should be really good. Lana Del Rey, you mentioned, I'm definitely excited about that as well. I love her. I think she's a great artist. Um, right. Great songwriter. Just, you never, kind of, you never really know what you're going to get from an album from Lana Del Rey. So I'm excited what she does on this one. 
Yeah, um, if I could interject just a second. Yeah, yes. Lana Del Rey, like uh, her last few albums, starting with Norman fucking Rockwell. Uh, from there, uh, Chemtrails Over the Country Club and the newest one, Blue Bannisters. Um, all three of those albums together have just been uh, the soundtrack of my last few years. They're just uh, so emotionally filled. I feel like a lot mm -hmm. of her older stuff, uh, from Honeymoon to Ultraviolence, they were really flat. They didn't really, nothing popped off the page with me, but yeah. I feel like these these newer albums have have shown a lot more growth, a lot more, um, like I said, emotion, where she's singing, um, she's singing much more soulfully uh, with these piano ballads. And then like, yeah, she's on, coming to her own for sure. Yeah, Blue Bannisters had some like weird like hip hop electro or hip hop inspired beats like thrown in there um with Dealer and um uh the end of Arcadia. Uh those those songs alone are amazing. Um I'm really, really excited for this one. The mm -hmm. singles that she's dropped so far have been really cool and seem to be along those same paths. So I'm very excited for this new album to come out. Um, yeah, it'll be a complete surprise for me because I typically don't like to listen to singles before the albums drop. I like to hold, listen and save those to listen to how they fit into the, the project as an entirety. So um, I'm going into it blindly, but fully excited. So yeah, that, that's my number one uh, most excited, most anticipated album of, of the week for sure. I, I agree. Yeah. Um, However, the other I just two... came across this Jeff oh, Goldblum ahead. and the Mildred Snitzer Orchestra, and I usually save all EPs until the end of the year. Those to all the EPs that I miss out on during the year. I typically don't dive into the EP world until like the last couple weeks of December. But Jeff Goldblum, um, with name recognition alone, I think I'm going to have to check that one out on Friday. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't. Oh, boy, I don't know. Um, Who's the bad Santa guy? Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah. He, <laughs> I sent you his album or one of his songs uh, that he tried to do. And I, I just kind of think of all these actors turned singers in the same sphere. And mm -hmm. it was it, Billy Bob Thornton's song is God awful. <laughs> and I, I can't help but think that Jeff Goldblum, this is going to be the same thing where it just kind of rides on like, Hey, you like my persona. You're right. gonna love my music, and right? It, it doesn't translate. Doesn't translate. Yeah, we'll see. Very, very that. low hopes for that one. Yeah. Um, low uh, the, hopes. We got low hopes. Nice, nice. <laughs> There's two albums outside of Lana Del Rey that I'm looking forward to this Friday. Um, August Burns Red. They're a band that they've made the exact same album the last five albums or so. Uh, their okay. first album that they came out with, Thrill Seeker, was unbelievable and still holds up to this day. Messengers followed that one, where they uh, truly um, featured their newest vocal or their new vocalist. Um, Thrill Seeker had a different vocalist on it, but Messengers had a different vocalist. It was very, very much more polished. They had these off-time breakdowns throughout, uh, and they've kind of been making the exact same album for years. Yeah. That being said, it is still a cool album that they keep making. Um, so they have a new album dropping this Friday. 
I'll check it out. Maybe it's a good good album for the gym. Um, maybe it has a little bit more to it than uh, what they've done in the past. Obviously, they're incredibly talented musicians uh, in the metal sphere, as and even just on their own, they're incredibly talented musicians. But that being said, um, not the highest hopes in the world, but I I look forward to being pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's the nice thing about listening to everything is that I've been surprised by things I had no idea was even coming out. And then you give it a, a spin. And you're like, oh, okay, this this works. This, this is yeah. good stuff. Yeah. The other one that I'm really looking forward to is Fallout Boy. Um, I, I came into their fandom really late in the game. I didn't like them when I was in, in high school. I didn't like them uh, pretty much afterwards until uh, I listened to their one album with the kids smoking on the front. Should have wrote that down, but uh, you know the album. It's the one with the kids smoking on the front. They they got a lot more poppy on that album. Uh, it was very fun. Uh, and then I kind of worked backwards in the, into their discography. Uh, their album... Uh, I've never said it out loud before, so I'm gonna take a shot at it. Foyer adieu. I've never said it out loud before. Nope, it's no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that'd be a good, that'd be a, that would be fitting for them, though. Honestly, it would it would work because then I wouldn't have to try and say foyer adieu. Is that right? right? Sure, Did I say that right. Sure, thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one, that one's a masterpiece through and through. Um, and then American Beauty, American Psycho had some amazingly fun songs on it. Uh, they took a big old misstep with their next album. It was a purple one. It's not even worth mentioning the name because it was not good at all. But the singles that they've released for this new album have been very fun, very much a return to form, very much a return to, hey, we have instruments. We're going to play some guitars. We're going to play some drums and not yeah. just rely on electronic sounds. Um so I'm really, really looking forward to this new album by them. Uh, we'll see what happens uh, come Friday. So yeah, that's that's what I'm looking one. forward to this week. Yeah, definitely. I I'm I'm definitely gonna give it give it a run too and see how how that turns out. I am super pumped for Danny Brown, JPEG Mafia, scaring the hose, Volume One. Whoa! I didn't even know about that. Danny Brown's crazy. Danny Brown, love that nice. dude. I love Danny Brown. <laughs> he's he's absolutely insane and the all the best ways. Um, JPEG Mafia, same kind of uh, vibe. So I'm I'm really interested to see what they uh, produce together. Uh, yeah, from full of bangers and full of full of hits. So from thirty to old <laughs> to atrocity exhibition. That's an amazing three album run from Danny Brown. Oh, I yeah. didn't care for you know what I'm saying, but there is some good songs on it. He's obviously uh, spitting out some really great rhymes on that one, but yeah. it wasn't my favorite on the beat side of things. Atrocity Exp Exhibition is one of those albums that I revisit every so often, and it's like, mm -hmm. whoa, holy cow, this guy was on another level with this one. Yeah, uh, Old is such a such a fun time in my life. I saw him after that that album came out he was um he was playing a bunch of those songs a bunch of like unreleased songs and then some songs from uh 30 yeah. man what a fun dude yeah i saw him at Lollapalooza one year and then i left a show and was getting on the train at union station on the metro and who do i see boarding that train danny brown get out of here <laughs> yeah we rode the train together 
<laughs> Did you talk to him? No, I didn't. I was I was too shy. No, that's okay. I, so I Danny was... Brown, if you're watching this, come on the show. We'll we'll talk. We'll hang. We should shoot him a message. When I was mm-hmm. in uh when I was in Las Vegas, uh gambling all my hopes and dreams away, I um was sitting there. I wasn't even playing video poker at that point, but uh, all the people I was there with were, and uh, I look at the bar next to me, and um, the guy from Pawn Stars, the son from Pawn Stars, uh, I think his name is Corey. Sure, that seems like his name. He was there, and a dude was taking a picture of him. And um, I was like, there's that dude. There's that guy from that show. Why I bring that up is like... uh, yeah, you don't need to take a picture with everybody you see. Yeah, just living their life, you know. Celebrities are they just want to live their life too. Yeah, that guy seemed like a dick though. Yeah, should have punched him in the face. Honestly, then you would have been on. Not only got a picture with him, you would have got timeless internet footage of you knocking him out. <laughs> I don't know if I could have knocked him out, but I would have. I would have gave it the old college try. You know what I'm saying? It's all you can do. It's all you can do. <laughs> Just knocking it. Damn it, Trumley, you're an idiot. That's one of my uh <laughs> uppercut. <laughs> uppercut right to him. Uh, I feel like Chumley would have hung out with us all night for sure, but Corey, not so much. Well, Maybe right. Rick. He would have smoked some Marlboro Reds with us. Oh, all God. my Pawn Star right. fans, they know the drill. They know what's going on. They know they know um what I'm talking about here. Yeah, Marlboro Reds were the first cigarettes I smoked regularly. Actually, Newports and then Marlboro Reds for a good year when I was about 14 years old. Marlboro Reds are a hangover in a box. Disgusting. They're horrible. <laughs> they really uh, are. Yeah. They're terrible. <laughs> They're bad news. They're bad news. What are you smoking on tonight, T-Bone? Smoking on? Yeah. Just the Newport cigarette. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I, the menthols? Full faithful right there. Yeah. I always the say Newport if softback. for Newport cigarettes, I wouldn't smoke cigarettes at all. If I'm out, I'm, if, if I somehow run out of cigarettes and I'm at a bar or out, out for the night and I need a bum a cigarette, I will actually not smoke versus smoke another cigarette. Really? So, wow. You're a faithful, yeah. faithful man. I know. So if they, ban- if they end up banning Newport cigarettes like they did in Canada, uh, in California. I, I will quit smoking. And California. They, they banned him in California too? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Not that Shit. I was a Newport smoker. Gonna make it make its way to Chicago and I'll I'll be smoke free. Smoke there free you go. since 2023. There you go. That rhymes. That's pretty yeah. good. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I used to be a, a Marlboro Marlboro twenty sevens or a Camel Lights guy. Marlboro man. Yeah, those were the days, you know. I felt so cool. Yeah, it is nothing cool. cooler it than smoking cool. a cigarette. Yeah. Smoke some cigs, kids. <laughs> speaking of speaking of oh, cool, Joe Camel uh, graphic in there. Yeah, Camel lights. Yeah, yeah. I'll throw Joe Camel up there. Joey Cams. Uh, speaking of uh, speaking of uh, being really cool, Tom Cruise, pretty cool guy. Yeah, it's time to go cruising. Yeah. That's pretty good. 
was the one with the always sunny where they're doing the dance looks like they're driving a car so that's my cruising <laughs> cruising yeah that's good that's good so this week on cruising we watched we watched interview with a vampire boy was this a terrible pick was i'm starting to question was cruising a bad idea because one out of okay we're one out of two that's 50 percent yeah. edge of tomorrow was awesome yes interview with a vampire certifiably stinker. not awesome stinker there was one point in the movie where i felt like okay this has to be over soon i i flipped the up button on hbo and just to check how much time was left an hour and a half was left man I'm like, oh boy this is bad i wonder if we did it at this exact same time because i remember having that same thought I was like how much longer can this how long <laughs> is this interview like why why it's so it was a lot of pointless information a lot of really useless scenes um and i know we're going cruising but it kind of became a brad pitt movie versus a tom cruise movie yeah this, and, so this shouldn't have even counted no I, I let's just pretend pretend it never happened because i, I really didn't enjoy it uh um thoroughly i i really thought it was going to be better than it ended up being um you know it i had very low careers. hopes yeah, catapulted careers for Kirsten Dunst and Antonio Banderas, but uh, Tom Cruise's character was kind of a dick, too. Yeah, he sure was. He was very controlling. He I'm an asshole. wasn't a very friendly guy. Um, so he was just a vampire. Just to and give the you end- a synopsis. And the ending was ridiculous. The ending... So the entire premise of it being an interview didn't add anything to the movie at all why didn't they just call it like a story of a vampire yeah and, and then, just left out the whole interview yeah. part because that added Christian nothing character irrelevant completely irrelevant oh and then he he gets bitten by the vampire at the end so okay what? cool i don't care about this dude no it was silly there was no investment in his character whatsoever and then not only does tom cruise you know, bite him and, and, and invite him into the vampire world. But then he just cruises off in the in the in the drop top. Like, yeah, that was pretty cool. It was true. He was cruising. He was cruising. Cruise is cruising. <laughs> that might be the new intro to this segment. Him driving off in the in the yeah, drop top uh, drop top Mustang. Yeah, I but... guess I can see why it was popular when it was because um, 1994 was. Uh, I want to say Buffy the Vampire Slayer, not not the show with Sarah Michelle Gellar, but the movie with Christy Swanson was out, and it was kind of a big, kind of popular genre at the time. And Brad so, Pitt and Tom Cruise were big movie stars, but it just didn't it didn't work. It didn't work for me. No, not at all. Um, it borderlined on like ultra corny. Yes, it had a very like high school play feel to it. Yeah, where. It was like, okay, I'm just watching some local community center do a musical right now. And it was which was funny because they had they actually had that element in the movie too. Yes, they did. For the vampires. I I thought that that part was probably the best part. Yeah, there were vampires acting as humans, acting as vampires, which I thought was probably the most clever part of the movie. Yes, where they took that one girl Mm -hmm. and she was like running all over the stage, like somebody please help me. Because these guys are going to kill me. Yeah. And all the audience was like, oh, I don't know is if I... Part of the show is, or what? I don't like that? this. Yeah. 
and this is in, this is in poor taste even for vampires <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that part of the movie made me pause like wait hold on is this like something like mildly clever because the rest of the movie has just been so ham-fisted mm-hmm. down your throat just like oh they're vampires they like to suck blood right how many how many how many blood sucking scenes were there you know there was like too many too many there was too many it was overkill and um Anne rice is turning her grave at her book turning into such a mockery um i don't even know it was the acting that was horrible it was just the i i feel like there was just a, a lot of filler in there and when you when you when you call a movie interview with the vampire I don't know, you expect something to be revealed within that interview and nothing was really revealed other than Brad Pitt's life story as a vampire, which the movie itself could have just been Brad Pitt's life as a vampire, Tom Cruise's life as a vampire. That was it. The interview aspect of it was completely unnecessary. You could have condensed that down to five minutes of, yeah, I got turned into a vampire. Okay, that part, that's there. But then, yeah, I had to like feed on people didn't really like it yeah the vampire genre in general sort of intrigues me like i'm curious like two quick scenarios i guess on vampires if you will either it's made up or it's real both scenarios are are equally mind-blowing right If 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 vampires were real that's crazy and if someone just came up with this idea that vampires are real and then there's been so many different vampire movies and books and stories and shows and everything it just continues to go on and perpetuate that that's also kind of crazy uh i feel like one is definitely crazier than the other i'll let you decide which one what are some of your favorite uh uh, vampire themed shows or movies off the dome um uh 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 oh shoot what's it called i should really get better at name recognition and like callbacks what we uh, do in the gonna... shadows how did you know i was gonna say that i knew you were thinking of that it's the only <laughs> one i like it's so good it's so hilarious it's, it's very funny it's one of those shows that like i put on and i'm like oh this is hilarious why don't i watch this more often and then i forget about it and then and then psycho repeats yeah yeah, exactly. It's good. It's, it's Do really you have good. any other vampire things that you like? Um, I liked Blade. I liked Salem's Lot. Blade series was pretty good. The movie, Salem's Lot. I'm sorry, the book, Salem's Lot. Wasn't that about witches? No, no, no. It was vampires. You were vampires? You're thinking of the Salem Witch Trials. Salem, that's why I thought it was. I never saw yeah. it. I always it was witches. Yeah, Salem's um, Lot was about Jerusalem's Lot. Was it was by Stephen, Stephen King. What was it? From Dust. From Dusk Till Dawn. It was a Robert Rodriguez film. Uh, I think, I, I want to say Quentin Tarantino wrote the screenplay. Uh, Lost Boys was pretty good. Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah. Young, young, Keith, young Kiefer. Yeah. Uh, Queen of the Damned with Aaliyah. Sounds like you got a lot that you enjoy. You, you're a big Aaliyah. fan of the vampire genre. No, I, I compiled a list because as I was watching an interview with a vampire, I was thinking about other vampire related things because I was just so not interested in the movie that I was like, man, what other good vampire things are there? Count Chocula cereal. Ooh, good one. Yeah. <laughs> I do like that. <laughs> but the marshmallows, the, the yeah. chocolate puffed rice. 
Yeah, it's good stuff. Very good stuff. Good I got a qualm. Character. I got a qualm. I, I don't want to get too far away from the movie. Okay, so I got two qualms. Um, So I for not forget, I wasn't paying attention when why he had to kill all the other vampires. Um, but he chose to by putting like gasoline or something like that on their coffins while they slept. Yeah. yeah. And he burned them, right? Yeah. Okay, but he also burned Tom Cruise earlier in the movie. Correct. And Tom Cruise lived on. Yep. So aren't those other vampires going to just live on through that? Probably. Okay, and then 300 years passed, 300 to 500 years passed. And, like, they never came back to, like, figure out what he was doing, nothing like that. They just glossed over, like, 500 years. Yeah, I think that they wanted to focus more on the relationship between Louis and Lestat. And when he burned him, that was the character that they were writing the movie about. If they were to do a sequel or any other follow-up, maybe those other vampires he burned down would come back. But in keeping... I feel like they'd be really mad. But keeping theme with the movie's inability to really tie everything together, they didn't really do that with those characters either. He burned them, he left, and they moved on. Yeah, I, I thought that, that was, was a very big plot hole. Yeah, but Boy, he did, I did not like revenge. this movie. You know, he was he he was he was shamed and embarrassed by by them, and he wanted to get revenge. Yeah. Okay. Honestly, that was an unnecessary scene, even. I guess this whole interaction with um, Antonio Banderas's uh, vampire and his crew didn't really need to be in the movie again. Okay, if you want to keep stripping it back, what did need to be in the movie? Not much. Yeah, I, I mean, interview with a vampire, I was kind of looking it to be more of a... Um, revealing of some secrets and the, the the origin of it all brad pitt's character louis was asking like what's the origin of all of this they never even got to that no it's just like was, he was the just main like i kind of want to question of the movie was never even answered no he was like oh i kind of wanted to die when i was like 20 right and then suddenly this dude was sucking on my neck yeah that was it yeah that was it he didn't even get to die. He all he wanted to do was die. And now he's immortal. That's the exact opposite of what he wanted. <laughs> Interview with a vampire. Um, certifiably bad. So you got the randomizer for next week's Tom Cruise winner? Yep, and we're gonna pick number four. I'm excited for this one. No, number three. I'm... This is our third cruising. Right, 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 but I'm gonna do four randomizers. Where's one, oh, two, gotcha. three? Are you ready? Here's number four. Oh, Here's our God. pick for this week. What is it? We're cruising. Oh, what the fuck? I never even heard of this one. The next week's cruising is called Cocktail. Oh, that's classic cruise. <laughs> I, oh, I yeah. I want to say that's one of his very first, like big roles and movies that he was actually like that like put him on the map we're about to find out with a cocktail on next week's cruising i've never seen it but i remember that from back way back when i want to say that was his very first big thing it's like from the 80s we're gonna find out um boy i'm not excited for this one either but hey i've hey. been surprised before 
low expectations could could turn into um, a surprising uh, outcome. <laughs> I like that. All right, I got to restart the oh, meeting. Oh, I just looked it up real quick. It actually won the Golden Raspberry Award for Worst Picture. <laughs> Cocktail? <laughs> no. Worst Picture. I honestly, I don't know how it could get worse than Interview with a Vampire. But here we are. Tom Cruise, the last great movie star of our generation. Not even of our generation. Possibly of all time. We're watching. What is it? Cocktail. Cocktail. Golden Razzie Award winner for worst picture. <laughs> Do you know anything about this movie? I think he's a bartender. It's a tale of his his escapades as a bartender, and it was Interview like his the bartender into Hollywood. Like that was his his big moment of uh, arrival on the scene. Tom Cruise's big rival on the scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was it was a uh, the worst worst movie of the year. Yep, one Golden Razzie for worst picture of the year. So, woo, cocktail coming in hot with uh, we're gaining viewers from this one for sure. As we review cocktail <laughs> on next week's cruising, <laughs> boy, am I excited for that one. Be I sure to check wait. out our blog, guys. We got uh, against the spread home blog where we're blogging about many things uh, from Supercross. Uh, my favorite thing to blog to the Bulls, to Chicago Bears, to uh, overall NFL stuff, to NCAA tournament, all over the board. We're blogging anything that comes to our heart. Uh, obviously, we cannot forget T-Bone's music blog. He's got a big one coming out at the end of the month for his favorite music of the month. Click, click. And yeah, so coming in hot out of cruising, all aboard the fantasy raft. The moment we've all been waiting for, I know I've been waiting for it. It's the fantasy raft. Welcome back to the fantasy raft, all aboard. We're talking about the top five film directors of all time and uh t-bone it's your turn to flip a coin because i got a cat on my lap and i can't grab a coin so i hope you have one handy uh i do not i can grab one if you want to give me 30 seconds 30 seconds oh man all right all right, all right. we've got i get to call it this time where the hell did this coin come from look at this coin no cash value. Is that from Emporium? I think so. It doesn't matter. We don't need cash for this. All right. No cash value will be will be uh, tails then. Heads okay. I'm, I'm calling okay. tails. I'm calling tails. Tails is no cash value. No cash value. It is tails. All right. All right. Perfect. First pick. The number one pick on the board for best film directors of all time. I'm taking the Coen Brothers. I'm taking no Fargo. I'm taking I'm taking No Country for Old Men. I'm taking Burn After Reading. I'm taking The Big Lebowski, my favorite nice. films of all time. Honestly, the, if I were making a top top 10 films of all time, um for my personal favorites, uh the Coen Brothers get at least four spots on there, which wow. are the movies that I just I just said. Uh Nice. Fargo, Big Lebowski, no, no yeah, Country for Old Men. For sure. 
Big Lebowski might be number one for me. Yeah, uh, same. Burn After Reading, <laughs> incredible movies. Uh, those are easily, easily my favorite movies, uh, favorite directors, Coen Brothers, the dark humor in the movies. I That's absolutely great. love it. Um, did you say Burn After Reading? I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a good one. Um, that's a great pick for number one. E easy slot in for number one. I think that's a, a great call. Um, definitely had him on my board here as a, as a possible pick for number one. But uh, the coin flip, eh, just, you know, determines otherwise. Hey, the coin will do what the coin does. Um, the coin does what the coin does. I just had to sprint up to the board <laughs> with that pick. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah. I didn't intro the segment too much but yeah yeah we're talking about the our favorite uh five film directors of all time the coen brothers are far and away my number one um i got oh, a list okay. of what is this a list of eight eight guys um and like four of them not huge on so i'm really crossing my fingers hoping that you don't pick the rest of them so what do you got for number two pick number yeah. two we drafted, uh, we drafted rock band, uh, iconic American rock bands in episode one. We're drafting our top movie directors, film directors. And when I think of film, I think of my favorite movies. Um, I literally named my son after this film director. His middle name is Quentin. I'm taking no. Quentin here, you know. He That's was, where uh, Bodie got his name? Yeah, Bodie Quinton. Huh. Bodie Quinton Carlson. That's him. After after Tarantino. Wolf. I mean, we're okay. talking about Reservoir Dog, we're talking about Pulp Fiction, Kill Bill, one and two. We got Jackie Brown, Django Unchained, Inglorious Bastards, Hateful Eight, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Like the list goes on and on and on and on. We mentioned it from Dusk Till Dawn earlier. He he, he wrote that screenplay. Um, the thing I, I really love about Quentin Tarantino is that he has created this universe uh that, that gets talked about a lot that he intertwines a lot of the plots and a lot of the characters um from movie to movie which i think is super cool uh little easter eggs throughout those movies that you can you can find um i love his style i love his ability to create these stories kind of um out of thin air that that exists only in within his universe and um the gore scenes that he he his he'd become known for sometimes hitch out of nowhere like once upon a time in hollywood you watch you watch and watch it kind of moves slowly and all of a sudden the gore scene pops up and his dog is eating people it's like crazy so like i love quentin tarantino i always will he'll always be my number one and i am thrilled that he slipped into my lap for my number one pick yeah that was my number two pick uh i cannot fault you for that one um I absolutely love his movies. Everything, uh, I can't say everything that he's done, but uh, a large majority of his pictures. I didn't care for Kill Bill, but uh, um, oh, really? Pulp, yeah, I, yeah, Pulp Fiction, Inglorious Bastards, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, Django Unchained. Great, great flicks. Yeah. Love Tarantino. Mm -hmm. And they all have a very a certain style to them. Um, Always yep. has a uh, at least one foot, uh, very heavy foot scene in there. Uh, shout out to his foot fetish. Uh, yeah. Love Tarantino. Can't give another, you can't give a you can't give another man's girl a foot rub. <laughs> <laughs> nice Pulp Fiction, love it. Sure. Great pick. <laughs> yeah, 
his dialogue is, is second to none. Also, he he works in some of the greatest dialogue of any any, any film director in history. So, uh, I'm a sucker for words and his ability to write words into the um, uh, construct of a film is is second to none. It says My a God. lot of n words in his movies, like a lot. Well. It's a powerful word. Can you defend that at all? I mean. I think that he creates conversation from his movies. And if you're not doing that as an artist, you're failing as an artist. So you want to push the boundary. You want to address a word that has been in the lexicon of the country. I think that it's important to address and not shy away from. So I, hey, I, I, give, him credit, I give him credit for it. Hey. Fair enough. Good explanation. I kind of put you on the spot there and uh, just seeing how you would wrangle yourself out of there. And you did. So <laughs> Quinn Tarantino off the board. Um, nice. Okay. Uh, uh, Who's your my next two overall pick? My number two overall pick is going uh, by value and not by my personal love. Uh, I'm going Wes Anderson. Um, oh, you bastard. Yeah, I, I had to get him on my board. Um, Wes Anderson, I think that there's something about his movies that I hate and a decent amount about his movies that I enjoy. Um, Fantastic Mr. Fox and Moonrise Kingdom are my number one and two of that, of, of his movies. Uh, I really enjoyed Isle of Dogs as well. A fairly recent movie of his, Mm -hmm. I really hated, um, uh, Grand Budapest Hotel. Hated that movie hated it it's um, my least favorite of Wes Anderson I I love every single one of his movies but Grand Budapest was my least favorite um I really didn't think he was gonna be on your board I thought I could actually pick him up in the in the third or fourth round I'm surprised to see him go so quickly in the draft yeah well hey I came prepared I made a list and I'm sticking yeah. to it and uh Wes Anderson yeah he's gonna he's a crowd favorite um if he if you got a date going on you know hey I want a Wes Anderson movie it's worked countless times for me. Yeah, um, yeah Wes Anderson. Um, what's it? Life Aquatic. Didn't like it, but oh, I want. One I of wanted my favorite to like movies it. of all time. Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. One of my favorite movies of all time. I feel like I wanted to like it more than I actually did, and that's 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 kind of my sentiment for a lot of his movies. And um, I kind of feel I like I'm cheating. Movie. I love the music them. in that movie too. The music in that movie is just phenomenal yeah okay i mean hey i'm not here to poo poo on my own pick yeah i mean you picked him i picked him mostly to keep him <laughs> from you because i don't have a large selection here we got i don't know if you noticed but trade. we got a draft day trade to announce <laughs> <laughs> i would trade you tarantino for wes anderson no i'm trading my three <laughs> and four picks for wes anderson <laughs> i might do that unannounced I'll, I'll give you my three and four picks right now you give me Wes Anderson. Deal. Okay. We got a draft right. day announcement. Wes Anderson has been traded to Team T-Bone. All right. Tell me what you love about Wes Anderson, your new player. Yeah. I really – honestly, every single movie um, that he's made, he's got he's got this, like, eclectic sort of, like, surreal style to his movies that – you're instantly just whisked away to a different world and a different, different 
like realm of, of reality. And I really like that about him that he's able to create his own worlds and from, from his sets to his, the font that he uses in uh, from movie to movie, like on, on signage and things like that. Um, it's just too cute. He's cute. I think that's what I like about it though, is that it's cute. It, 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 it it's feel like it feels good watching a movie like that. Like Darjeeling limited. You didn't mention that one. I really like that movie a lot. Um, Rushmore, uh, even bottle rocket with, with Luke Wilson and Wilson from was one of his first movies that he made was really, really nice. Uh, French dispatch that came out. I want to say like last year or the year before. Wait, hold on. Didn't you see Luke Wilson when we were hanging out in, um, seal beach? Who was that guy that you saw? No, I saw Jason Schwartzman. Yeah, he oh. was riding his bike. He's from Rushmore. He was in Rushmore. He was also in Darjeeling Limited. He's in a couple of Wes Anderson movies. <clears throat> yeah, at the at the seafood restaurant that we were at outside there. Yeah. Yeah. We were playing bags outside and Jason Schwartzman rode by his bike. <laughs> yeah, did you get a picture with him? No. Nice Don't call back there. Remember? <laughs> i brought it up of course i remember <laughs> wow okay All so right, i get the so, number three and four pick so now you get number three and four uh number three i'm picking uh somebody that overproduced in college that um didn't go on to have a great pro career i'm taking m night Shyamalan. oh M. night Shyamalan off the board uh yeah so i mean six cents nice. signs uh the village Fantastic movies when I was growing up. Uh, do they hold up great? I, I'd say Six Sense and Signs do. The Village might not as well. Um, he's had quite a few clunkers ever since then, but uh, I'm going based on his best work. Pretty solid. Um, yeah, I'm taking M. Night Shyamalan at, uh, at that spot. What do you I think like about it. that? I like it. Six Sense actually produced one of my favorite memes of all time, and it's the scene where... Bruce Willis is like, or the kid is like, I see dead people. And Bruce Willis is like, uh, weird flex, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nate Bargassi has a really good joke in his new stand-up special where he talks about how, um, oh yeah, like the the opening scene of the movie, like it shows, it shows him being killed by his uh, by an intruder. Yeah, and the whole rest of the movie, you're just like, oh, so his wife just doesn't talk to him then. Right, <laughs> <laughs> and that's more believable than him just being dead. So, very funny. Uh, yeah, very funny. Check out Nate Bargatze on uh, on Netflix. He's a very funny. Oh wait, no, that's on, no, that's on uh, Amazon. Amazon. Yeah, don't want to mix up our our media providers here. That's going to no, screw up our sponsorships in they the pay, future. They pay good money for plugs on this show. We cannot dare dare slight them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's uh, that's gonna hurt us i'm gonna cut this out i'm gonna cut this out yeah it was rough let's yeah, move on next pick next hilarious. pick uh my fourth pick it's more of an anticipation pick as well as uh his past work as well it's christopher nolan uh, i love you. i love Damn inception you. i love the dark knight series absolutely uh, tenet i feel like i watched it at one point and i'm like ah oh, this is a good movie if i could pay attention to it and i just haven't yet but it's a good movie probably yeah. Uh, Inception, great movie. Memento, Love fantastic Inception. movie. Love Memento. Uh, That's a good call. He was on my board for sure. Lenny! Lenny! <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, Christopher Nolan. 
Uh, he's got a new movie, Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer, yeah. Coming out this summer. About uh, it's about what the inception of the atomic bomb, right? Yeah, inception of the dark night oh. of the atomic bomb. See what we did there? <laughs> yeah, and then I doubled down on it. It was pretty cool. Had a nice little uh, podcast moment there. No, uh, love Christopher Nolan. Yeah, Very, me too. Big he was, fan. He was on my big board fan. For sure. My board is fantastic right now. Cohen Brothers, Christopher Nolan, M. Night Shyamalan, and yours just has two picks. Solid. Wait, yeah. So, does that mean that your your board's only gonna have three guys? I'm gonna have. You get my three and four pick. <laughs> no, I think you just pick ahead of me on three and four, and I still get the pick, but just later. All right, you get five. Yeah. Um, Christopher Nolan was definitely on my board. I, I I agree with everything you said about that. Dark Knight's one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, period. Um, I do a really so great my, Bane impression. Let's hear it. No, I don't know. Next time. Next time. Top five impressions next time. So I've got Tarantino, <laughs> I've got Wes Anderson. Um, for my third pick, I am going to take somebody who's been a a. a what's what's the word i'm looking for a uh a mainstay in filmmaking for seven decades man this guy has been seven uh, seven decades i know who you're talking about we're talking about raging bull we're talking about taxi driver we're talking goodfellas casino the departed more recently we've got wolf of wall street irishman uh fran fran Leibovitz's uh flick public speaking Give me Martin Scorsese, baby. Give me Marty. Yeah, that's a great pick. That's a that was my next pick. Um, Marty's insane. His filmography is just nuts. I I only named a handful of them, but the guy has got hit upon hit upon hit. Influenced a a, a generation or two of filmmakers. Um, sort of a timeless dude that uh, his, his stuff will just live on forever. He's great. Yeah. Um, uh, The Departed. Uh, yeah the the town no 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 not mm -hmm. the town that was ben affleck sorry uh what was what am i thinking of mean streets mm -mm. that was an older one i mean his character development his ability to develop characters and relate each character within his movie to the next like it's it's again second to none he's he's one of a kind yeah that's a great pick i uh i'm not mad about that um yeah i mean that's if we're talking chalk picks you got chalk there uh scorsese uh the departed the other movie i'm thinking of is it's got leonardo dicaprio he's on shutter island shutter island yeah quality yeah i read that book um and i uh, hate to be the the book is better than, than the movie guy but the book was fantastic as well put it that way um so if you're okay in a book reading book mood, the movie kind of guy, that, that, that's kind of universally true. Whenever someone's read the book, the book is always 100% of the time better than the movie. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Shutter that's Island true. was fantastic, but that's not to take away from the movie. The movie was so exactly. much fun. I love the, movie the movie can still be good on its own. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be bad just because the book was better. It's, you can still make good movies, you know? Yeah. Oh, sure. uh, oh, my next oh. pick. My next pick off the board. Um, it's it's not it's a more modern 
modern pick um has less uh it's quality over quantity for sure uh, i'm going to david fincher good one yeah uh do you, i only have two oh shoot i wrote down the wrong thing i only have two movies that he's done that i really loved uh and that's gone girl and the social network absolutely love those movies fantastic movies great oh, twist dude. in gone girl fight club though fight club was amazing that was him yeah hey shout out to me for picking him yeah uh i, I want to say he did zodiac also wait yeah he did yeah yeah zodiac great movie yeah fight club also was a great, great movie to fall asleep to like it's one of those movies that like you know what's gonna happen you yeah. know you're gonna watch quality until you doze off yep great fight movie club to fall was asleep another to. one though the book was the book was better than the movie but the movie was phenomenal like it was great I tried to read the book and I made it like Chuck a chapter Colonia. into it. And yeah. it was, it was like line for line, the exact same thing as the movie. So I have a hard time reading those books because I know exactly what's going on. Mm. Um, but yeah, David Fincher, Gone Didn't Girl. Didn't he do Shutter Benjamin Island. Button too? Not Shutter Island. Uh, oh, uh, if he did, I don't want that on my board. Yeah, well, I think he did. I want to say he did, but I can take it off. Take it off. He didn't do it. <laughs> Social Network. Focus fact on that checkers, one. Check us on that one. Yeah, fact checker, fact checkers. Let us know. Uh, I believe I get the next pick as well. Yes, you do. Wait, do I really? Yeah, you pick ahead of me both rounds automatically. Oh, Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg. Yeah, he made Jurassic Park, right? Yeah, man, Jurassic Park, freaking ET. Basically, every movie comes back to Steven Spielberg in one way or another. Guys, prolific Ooh. as they come. What's your favorite Steven Spielberg movie? Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park, yeah. I another one of those that I love the movie, but I love the book a whole lot more. Um, that's actually my favorite book of all time. A little fun fact really? about me. If it is, yeah. Okay. Loved that. Loved that book. Is that uh, Michael and, Crichton? Yeah, and watching the watching the movie beforehand really gave me some more depth to the characters. Like I knew what the characters looked like. I knew. Um, just their interactions and everything like that. And it just gave it a little bit more depth to those characters. So it like built on the world that was, that I already knew in my head. Yeah. Um, nice. So yeah. I mean, Steven Spielberg, what else did he do? Did he do anything good? No, that's it. Just a couple movies here and there, you know, Jaws. Yeah, Ever heard of it? <laughs> did he do, who did Shawshank? All the Indiana Jones movies. Uh, Schindler's List. Yeah. My yeah, so I think it was I think it was a quality yeah, pick. Artificial intelligence, saving private Ryan. Yeah, I, I think it was a quality pick there. I, I, I'm not too mad about that one. No, that's a that's a big that's a big I think his his newest one, Fableman's won some Oscars, yeah. I don't watch the Oscars. No. Do you think I know movie. a lot about movies? I'm down to one one potential pick left, that's which is got fine left. because I'm all out of picks. All right, so I'm up. I'm on the clock then. I think you have you have two left. I got two left. All right, cool. You I'm played this take, poorly. I'm gonna take uh, this is this is what I'm I'm really glad that I actually get to pick in the fourth round. This guy is one of my favorites of all time. I mentioned him on an episode previously. Um, his lore within pop culture even today lives on and on and on. Um, 
give me Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, I didn't even have him have him on my board. I didn't. I don't like him. Yeah, his mad his mad series, um, where he explored the the human condition, just go absolutely bonkers, was was incredible. Um, Clockwork Orange, The Shining, Eyes Wide Shut, two thousand one, Space Odyssey, Doctor Strange Love, uh, How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb, Barry Lyndon. I I I owned the Stanley Kubrick collection back in my early twenties through a party through. Like a ridiculous party at our apartment, and somebody stole my DVD Stanley Kubrick collection. That's very disappointing. Unreal, right? How how could you do that? Anyway, in a previous um, in a previous episode, you talked about how uh, I mentioned The Shining, and you were like, "Oh, I love Stan- Stanley Kubrick," and it made me really upset because I know The Shining from the book. Yeah, <sighs> that's fair. That's fair. I don't like Stanley Kubrick's uh, interpretation of the of The Shining, but uh, yeah, go on. Yeah, I never read the book, so I, I literally only had the, the the film to go on. I, I really like Stanley Kubrick's style; um, brings you to a dark place, but examines sort of the human psyche and um, forces the viewer to not only interpret it through the character's eyes, but then also kind of take a look within and, and kind of see it, it's a, it's a big psychological dive when you, when you, when you check into a, a Stanley Kubrick film, which I, which I like. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad he, he slipped down to number four. Hey, congratulations. You got uh, you got a, a player that was high on your board at number five or number four. I'm sorry. Yeah. Who's your number five. Do you have five already? I do already have five. Yeah, it was a okay, big trade that I made. All right. Well, I am torn between three right now. I've got I've got three on my list that I are still available. Um, but I'm gonna go with Spike Lee. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Give me Spike Lee. Spike Lee joints. Uh, we mentioned Martin Scorsese going seven decades deep. Spike Lee's been making movies for five decades now. Um, Malcolm X, Do the Right Thing, Crooklyn, Clockers, uh, Summer of Sam, Bamboozle, 25th Hour, He Got Game, um, and then most recently Black Sandsman. All, all quality movies. Um, I, I almost didn't pick him just because he's a Knicks fan, but I'm going to take him anyway. He's, his, his filmography is strong. Uh, he's been in the game for a long time with, with, with a lot of high quality, high quality social commentary and uh, deep dives into American society and what makes the fabric of that society sort of uh, what it is. So give me Spike Lee for sure. Yeah, can't be mad about that. I mean, good pick. You picked a quality guy. You picked with your heart. Um, yeah, can't be mad about that. Hey, no. good job. Thanks. You too. Hey, nice board. You still got one more. Do I really? Yeah. Tarantino? That was number four. Wes Anderson, Spike Lee, yeah. Kubrick. Yeah. That's five. That's five? Five. One, two, three, four. Huh. Turns out that's five. Turns out it's five after all. Huh. I mean, I'll Look take Tim Burton and Guillermo del Toro if you're giving me bonus picks. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, are those your honorable mentions? Those are my honorable mentions. Yeah, Tim Burton was 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 almost drafted. I went with Spike Lee ahead of him, 
Um, I almost picked him, but then I realized I didn't like his movies. Well, then you, why would you pick him then? Yeah, that would make sense. Uh, to bait another trade. Ah, nice. Clever. Paul Thomas Anderson, no love for him. Yeah, he was on my list. He was on my list too. Uh, he was actually the sixth person on my list. I had um, Alfred Hitchcock on my list also, but decided to go more modern than than yeah. uh, classic Hitchcock. Yeah, it's more of an enjoy than respect type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, am I going to pick Orson Welles? Like, how many Orson Welles movies am I really watching these days? Right. He wrote but, uh, Animal Farm, right? In 1984. Yeah. yeah. Animal Farm sucked. Well, I mean, what did you read? Like fourth grade, fifth grade? No, I read it last year. Oh, what? What are you doing? <laughs> no, that's not Orson Welles. You're thinking of... Uh, uh, Pretty sure that's Orson Welles. No, it's not. Oh, boy. That- I hate to look this up. George Orwell, you're thinking of. That's not who I'm... That's not who you're talking about? Orson Welles, George Orwell. They sound the same, but they're different. They're different people then why did you say he wrote animal farm i got you confused me man you threw me off yeah. my game the old bait and switch yeah you got me but it wasn't it was george orwell who wrote those books or hey, sorry about that. okay it happens hey okay <laughs> hey look at us <laughs> look at us <laughs> oh there's our uh, f- uh, uh fantasy raft Book For it. this past week, we got uh, film directors. My top five were the Coen brothers, Christopher Nolan, David Fincher, Steven Spielberg, and M. Night Shyamalan. Not in that order. Uh, order doesn't really matter. It's all about who the top five are. Please sound off in the comments on, on your thoughts on my top five. And then T-Bones were Quentin Tarantino, which I'm very jealous of, Martin Scorsese, Wes Anderson, Spike Lee and Stanley Kubrick. Stanley Kubrick. That's the, that's the last even, guy I did not write down. You didn't even want to say his name because you hate him so much. <laughs> I hate him so much. <laughs> we faked the moon landing. Yeah, right. That's what they say. That's what I say. So, yeah, be sure to sound off in the comments, guys. Uh, really looking forward to hearing what you guys got to say. Uh, this has been a very fun fantasy raft. It's been a very fun podcast. We got a little loose in there. Yeah. Um, Good stuff. Probably the longest episode so far. I think so. A lot of quality. Not just quantity, though. A lot of quality. Quantity and quality. Both. We got both. That's the best way to do it. That's our tagline right there. Quality and quantity. Yeah. Over (laughs) in addition to quality and quantity. (laughs) In addition. You know what I'm saying. Most people want you to choose between quantity and quality. Here at the Rev and Bone Show, we give you both. We give you both. Doesn't even matter. Take what you want. I don't care. Whatever. Yeah, we're the cool step stepdad. Just like uh, what, you want, what was it earlier? <laughs> Just smoke some weed. I don't care. Just... HBO Max. Yeah. Hey, you got a girl over? I don't care. Just just hang out on the couch. You know, I'll, just, I'll be Do in the other I room. I won't Do bother I you guys at all. Have Yolo. A good time. Just you know, you only Yolo once. And that's what we do on the Rev and Bone show. I almost called it the Rev and Bone cast, but uh, I've been pretty steady for the last couple of they'll episodes. Yeah. Either way, well, they'll get it. They'll get I it. I want to give a quick. I want to give a real quick shout out. My T-shirt here. 
It's from the Feminist Trash Store. Uh, you can find them on Instagram at Feminist Trash Store. They've got a lot of really fun phrases on their shirts, and I'm going to reach out to them, let them know I plugged them, see if they'll want to sponsor us for next week. I look forward to that. I asked you about that shirt before the show, and you didn't say anything. And uh, hey, I'm glad you saved it for the show. Yeah, save it for the show. <laughs> uh, I want to give a quick shout out to my cat. Um, she's been bothering me all episode. Uh, everyone, she's who's a watching star. Me, cat. You know, she just wants to get some airtime. She's like, "Let me get on this camera. I'm a star. Look at me. Look at me. I'm a starlet." The last thing she wants to do is be lifted up onto the camera. But uh, big shout out to her. I'm going to reach out to her next episode. She'll see if she'll sponsor me. Uh, anything, anything to end the episode on T-Bone? That's it, baby. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Tune in next week and tune in later this week for an MLB preview show. Uh, again, we are at against the spread.home.blog. Uh, we will be moving into the dot-com sphere soon. Uh, this has been the Rev and Bonecast episode four in the books. See you later. T-Bone. Yeah, like and subscribe. Smash that button, baby. All right, see you next time. Give me the beat, boys, and free my soul. I want to get lost in your rock and roll. And-